Yes, we'll do it. <laughs> like, it's just like we're deer in the headlights. It's like, oh, it started now. It's it's uh, we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't have to. We clap it off, and usually you take that forward momentum into the podcast and just, you know, you drop that dime on them. Oh, I know. And welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome Brandana Sports Podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 54 for those eardrums. Guys, subscribe, leave five stars, tell a friend you keep us alive. Hit us up at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts. Get on the podcast. I am Brandana, and with me, as always, he can see without his glasses. Most awesome. <laughs> Ooh, feeling good. I don't wear gra- glasses, everyone. It's it's 20, 2020 vision for most awesome. It is. It is. It's a little plug for what we have coming up on the episode. How's your week been doing, brother? Oh, my week has been great. You know, I've been trying to sit down and actually jot some ideas of how my week was because I realized for like 30 some odd pods, I was like, it's good, man. How's your week? You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's weather. Like it's weather. Uh, traffic answer. sucks. Uh, fascinating. Great. Right. But uh, no. We, this is the start of the Lenten season, so uh, I'm giving up uh, fast food. Oh, you're giving up fast food, brother. Okay, is, is that That's a thing right. of yours? Is that a grab? Like, how does that work with the family life? It, it Well, it's it's really like I just am totally unprepared for lunch a lot of times, and I do a lot of traveling for work. And uh, so sometimes you're just in a far-off place. You don't know where you are, and it's just like, all right, oh, fast food. You know what I mean? And and, and now I'm getting up there in age, and uh, it's it, it doesn't come off like it once did before. So I'm giving it up. Um, I, I did have a stretch where I had two years without fast food. I've fallen off the wagon, and now I'm getting back on. What's the what's the kind of like hardest most tempting place you kind of miss? Because I, I I feel like even after I hit fast foods, like I'm always just like, oh, that was a mistake. Like I don't miss it. But like, where's is there one like thing you're gonna actually think about missing? Like, is it a double cheeseburger? Is it like a Big Mac? Is it like a Taco Bell like Dorito Taco? What is it? Oh yeah, no. Uh, I would say probably Wendy's. I always dig on Wendy's. Like I, for some reason, their burgers are good. A little square. A little seemed kind of outside the box. Well, you guys, you didn't come here for the fucking food. <laughs> we got That's a right. shock it's too early. Food episode 54 for you uh we're doing riff from the headlines we're talking lebron james blame game we're gonna hit the mab mm. inbox we got a little baseball follow-up we're gonna do the hour of sour much paid off from i think about five weeks ago most awesome had to uh, watch grudge match he's gonna come back with the facts on those and then we're gonna do the neapolitan showdown top three movies under 50 percent on rotten tomatoes and we're going to finish as we always do with our mvp of the week ladies and gentlemen your hour of power it starts now extra extra read all about it i'm talking front page story all over the world it shook up men women boys and girls the headlines there if you want to be rich then you better make sure that you got your shit come on Rip from the headlines. We're doing LeBron James blame game. What's going on? Most awesome. Do people not like LeBron James? What's going on with the Lakers? Are they going to build a franchise? Is sitting out? What's the haps? Oh, I love the I love the classic Brandana five questions in one question. <laughs> 
coming at you as we always do. Um, yes, the the LeBron James playoff mode activation uh, is now gone to minutes restriction, and the Lakers are looking on the outside of the playoffs. Uh, sitting at, as we record today, 30 and 35, basically six, seven games back from that eighth spot. They are. Yeah, they're sitting in there. Um, I did write this down. I can't wait to edit out how far. So, uh, LeBron James, eight straight final appearances, which is right. uh, we have Bill Russell at 10, who kind of owns the top spot. It's This is like, to me, real fast, out of the gate, a kind of, do we not talk about the streak enough? Like, in the NBA basketball, like, it is, like, it's really to be in that many finals and just, like, you're playing, like, what is that? You're, you're playing, like, an extra, like, almost an extra season over the course of those eight games just with playoff basketball. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I actually did look into it. He's played 239 playoff games, of which of, like, all the top scores, because he just also in the same week passed Michael Jordan uh, for fourth all-time uh, in scoring. And of all those people... He is he is by far the most number of playoff minutes. So when you think about it, um, heading into his 16th season next season, he's sitting at basically like 56,000 minutes already, which is a lot of minutes when you look at it comparatively to all of his uh, uh, all of those other people in that top the top scoring leaders. Yeah, so I'm just kind of thinking like it's it seems like the tide's turning a little bit on LeBron James. And I think he's going to blame whatever, like the media, the sports fan or whatever. But is, are we really seeing LeBron James real attitude just come to life now that he's not going to be in the playoffs? Has he always been this guy or is he actually just, you know, like a, a like a little fed up? Cause it's like, you know, he made that move for not to pile on questions again as a classic mm-hmm. do, but he's like, <laughs> he faced a little bit of that blame game for, you know, almost, like willing to trade his entire team, like being in the GM thing. And I think it's cool when you win games and he always catches a little bit of heat, but now that he's not winning, like he seems a little chippier. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I definitely think it'll be an interesting off season because though there will be a much ado about, you know, the intensity of the direction of the Lakers, Rob Palenka, magic Johnson, obviously their head coach, like it's all going to ratchet up. It's not going to get any lighter than it is now. And I think LeBron is, it's going to be uncharted territory because he's going to take a lot of heat for what went on with this team. I mean, obviously, um, you know, he went down. They were playing pretty good basketball before he went down with that groin injury, missed like 17 games, and they were in the playoffs. They had a good shot at making the playoffs. They dumped a bunch of games, and then he comes back. In the middle of that, he, you know, AD uh, Anthony Davis is pining to be traded to the Lakers, and obviously everyone knows it's no secret that LeBron is kind of at the center of the the manipulation of who's going and who's not. And you can really see by the time he came back, um, team chemistry doesn't look the same way it did before. And even even now where he's been, um, you know, where he said he's going to have to go into playoff mode early, that was on February 21st, they're 2-6 and six since then. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. And I, I would say that that – those that AD trade really fractured the locker room, and now we're going to go into an off season with more question marks and who's going to be here and who's not. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Like, I I, I wanted to see your take on just like how much weight you think that actually holds when like the like Ingrams or whatever. Like, if you feel like 
the guy that you're next to is supposed to be your brother in arms is like trying to trade like you and all your boys. It's just like, all right, you fucking came in here last year or like two years right. ago, whatever. And it's just like, now you're ready to like trade us all away. It's just like, you got to have a little bit of just like, go fuck yourself attitude. Right. Right. Exactly. Because in the, and the, obviously there is a hierarchy within the team and LeBron is at the, you know, the, the premier alpha dog in that. But at the same time, it's like, if I'm going to get shipped somewhere, you know, getting traded means, you know, these guys are uprooting their lives, their city, you know, moving across country and they're, they're going to have to try and figure it out. They don't know exactly where they're going to go. And it's one of those things where it's like as a professional, it's like, you know, I, I not only do I have to worry about just playing basketball and going out there and competing every night. Now I got to worry about like my guy on my team, like doesn't think I'm good enough to be there. Exactly. How does that stick with you? You're just like, like, I'm ready to play with you. You want me to do everything for you, but it's just like. You know, three weeks ago, you were in the front office just being like, oh, trade these guys away, go get AD. And it's just like, now I'm supposed to like play hard for you? Like, I don't get it. Right. And, it, and it's different than like when you compare back to Michael Jordan and the way that he would dog on his teammates to try and, I mean, Steve Kerr talked about this. Everyone's talked about this, about how rough he was with with his players, but he, obviously he won and was trying to carry them to, a, to an upper echelon. I think here you have... It's just it's different because also, too, Jordan was never on the business side of things like the agent side. LeBron, with his relationship with Rich Paul and Clutch and having essentially like this a, a conflict of interest that we've never seen in terms of a player actually having control. Now there now I could see how there's like a rift because. You know, because players always universally like rail against the man and, and rail against the 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 owners and the agents and things like that. Well, guess what? LeBron is as much on the agent side as he is on the player side. So now you've got this weird like this weird internal struggle and this this odd chemistry that's happening. And the guys are kind of like, well, fuck it. Like I'm gonna go out and get mine. Like I'm not gonna get embarrassed. And now we're five games out. Like. We're losing to the Grizzlies. We're losing to bad teams, and you're still here, LeBron. Like, if you're the shit, if you're supposed to carry us to the promised land, like, fucking do it already. And we're not seeing it. So, and now they're going to shut it down. I mean, they're, they've already shut down, as we were talking about earlier, Brandon Ingram, Luke Walton, Lonzo Ball says, or, you know, he said Lonzo Ball is probably not coming back anytime soon, which probably means they're going to shut it down because why not try and get a, a lottery pick uh, as opposed to fighting for the eighth spot in the playoffs? Yeah, which uh, yeah, we're talking about there's seven games out, so it's probably not going to happen. With I think what was it, sixteen games left? I don't know. I wrote it down, something like that. So how does this how does this Laker project shake out? Like, did the Lakers fuck up? Obviously, you got to get LeBron James. It seemed like on his radar for a really long time, but now it seems like missing that AD trade. I know that's still not over. Like, it's he he can still come back, but it's also even like mm -hmm. the Paul George thing, who seems to be happy in Oklahoma City, like. Is this not painting out how the Lakers thought it would and LeBron James thought it would? Yeah. Oh, definitely not. Like, because they, they're basically they're going to go into this uh, this offseason and they're going to have $44 million in cap space. They're going to have seven players on their roster that are under salary. And $44 million, does that get you – like, who's who's opting out? KD's probably going to opt out. Kawhi's definitely going to opt out. And Co Kyrie's going to opt out. Or maybe Kawhi doesn't opt out. I, I don't know. But Kawhi, Kyrie definitely does. And you got Clay Thompson as your free agents. Like, who are they going to get? You know what I mean? Like, who's going to sign up for this? I don't know. Especially when they know that potentially um, the core of that team in Ingram, Ball, and Kuzma are going to get shuttled off somewhere in some master 
master trade. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So the uh, Kawhi's an interesting thing, but it almost seems like he's leaning a little bit to the Clipper side, and it's right. he, he doesn't seem like. I thought it was a great point that I was listening to. Uh, we always hats off the Bill Simmons podcast. Uh, it's, it's good shit. And he was like talking a little bit about like uh, how no one's just okay being a number two. And sometimes right. like you just gotta be, you gotta be the pippin on something. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad, but it's just like, there's no way like Kyrie Irving doesn't ever play with LeBron James again. Right? Like that's insane. Yeah, I know. And that's one of those things that that's a great point because like, look, look at all those guys that I just labeled Ka- Kawhi might be that have the most number like, two, like willing to play number two. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think he wants to go to the Lakers. Like, I don't think he wants to be in that. I think the intensity, and this is just total opinion, but I think the intensity of the LeBron, like, uh, 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 attention just becomes too much for him. Obviously, he's a reserve guy. I mean, this is why like Toronto makes a, a lot of sense if they if they make a run in the Eastern Conference playoffs with the team with the people that they've added. I mean, he might sit and hold out on that deal for one more year if he likes it in Toronto and just see where this could go. But if he goes to the Clippers, you know, he's still going to be in LeBron's shadow, but just not on LeBron's team. And he will, the, LeBron's going to take that focal point of everything that happens. You know, if, if LeBron does something stupid or the Lakers do something terrible, they're going to be front page on ESPN. Whereas even with the Clippers and Kawhi, they're, they're, he's just not going to get the same pub. And I think he likes that. All right, so you, your take is almost like a little bit like Kawhi. Like he wants to just what be a superstar underneath the radar. Like what's his like what's his take? Like he just he doesn't want to be acknowledged but be great. Right. I I just don't think he wants the the scrutiny or the attention that comes with it. I think he wants to. I don't think he wants to live his life on Instagram or social media. I don't think he wants to work on side projects like the shop or KD's venture. I think he wants to go out play ball, make. 25 to 30 million dollars a year yeah. and compete and just do do what he likes to do you know what i mean and i think in 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 a weird in today's modern word world it's almost like this quaint uh like like understand like this quaint approach to being like a a premier basketball player no one's trying to be jordan and the jordan brand he's not trying to make a billion dollars or have this like you know, who huge conglomerate underneath him. He's just going to go out, make generational money for his family and his family thereafter, play basketball and, you know, not have to work. It's, it's, it feels to me like it's like when you talk about like starlets in Hollywood, right? It's like you got the Paris Hilton who's constantly dropping like where I'm going and I'm going to be at the Ivy and TMZ picture and photo of me. And then it's like, all right, well, I'm just going to go here, pick quality features, not be a part of the, pub machine and go out there and just do what i want to do and just be an actress or an actor yeah you know what gonna, i mean does that yeah. make sense yeah he's gonna be the new balance of athletes <laughs> exactly <laughs> right exactly <laughs> shoot contract directly on point uh okay so real fast uh kind of break this down as we're closing this up because we did open with lebron uh blame game on the riff from the headlines do right. you think that lebron brings a championship to the lakers mm. No, I mean it's it's going to be real tough. This uh, this off season is going to be just really telling because they're going to have to they're going to have to pull in some talent. I mean, I, I just don't see any of those guys. Even Boogie, if Boogie, I mean, I don't, first off, I don't think Boogie's going to be back where he totally is. So I think they're going to have to make some smart like 
moves, getting some guys on the cheap that want to play, maybe add like like a Paul Millsap, that team option, they're not picking that up. Maybe they get him on the cheap and that adds a little veteran quality uh, to their bench. So I don't know. I'm just working kind of through this. I don't think he's going to bring it in this time frame. It'll be interesting next year because he's basically on the second half of his one-on-one next year. What's he going to do? Like, is he going to re-up with the Lakers, or is he going to take this train somewhere else? Like, is he just going to call this like a flash in the pan and and my bad and 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 go to back to Miami? I mean, who knows? Ooh, yeah, that's okay. So that's good. I I did say it was last question, but maybe I was lying. So if he doesn't do it, like, how does LeBron James handle not being like in the championship series? Like, is he okay with it? Like, is, like, can he have the patience to build something? Like, we feel like we all—he almost did that in Cleveland, but he did like built it and then bailed out, went and grabbed some championships just to make sure he had those rings, and then he came back and he got one championship there, and now it's right. just like, how does this next chapter look for him? Yeah, this uh, this is a uh, this is the billion dollar question for the Lakers. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, truthfully, he probably comes back. He probably comes back on fire this off season. Cause if you think about it, I mean, it's the first time they're just going to have real rest. Like he's going to be rest. He's probably going to come back healthy. Um, he is 34 and he's got a ton of minutes. So I don't want to put any corollaries to it. I don't want to put a hex on it, but um, Kobe, another prep, the pro was 34 when he went down with that Achilles injury. And that was the kind of the beginning of the end and put up a lot of minutes. He had 48,000 minutes um, total. LeBron's at sitting at 45,000 minutes, um, but he's got about eight or he's got about 2000 more minutes on his legs in the playoffs than Kobe did. So it'll be interesting. I think this might be the last year that we see greatness out of LeBron potentially. Ooh, ooh, hot take, brother. You heard it here first on the MAB Sports Podcast. All right, uh, let's jump into the inbox, buddy. Uh, great Boom. insight. So uh, we got an email that came in. Um, here's our breakdown. I know I promised not to email about baseball. This is a longtime fan going in, but Bryce Harper is signing a mega 13-year, $300 million contract, which most of us and I talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, does baseball not have a franchise tag or something similar for similar market teams to not lose their star players? Bryce is, uh, Bryce is one of the game's legit stars, and he can move around no problem. The Royals never had a chance once they lost their young stars to do the contracts does it attract a fan base to ever truly fall in love with their team what is baseball doing all right uh i'll come out of the gate because you're smarter than i am so let me do my (laughs) general takes and then you actually break it down uh the, the royals did win one but there is something about baseball's guaranteed money that separates it from the other leagues correct and mm-hmm. so there is like you know baseball always had that like just reputation it's just like the royals were a farm team for the yankees like shit like that like can right. small market teams compete yeah i mean everyone obviously there's a movie called moneyball billy bean and and those guys out there in, in oakland uh really changed the way that people viewed the game and there's not a, just to, let's just grab this this big player and this big player and let's just throw gobs of money at him and we'll be okay that way um the analytics of the game has come through and really kind of revolutionized how they evaluate talent and then internally how they decide how to dole out these big guaranteed contracts um but there's all sorts of different ways i mean obviously the yankees and the red sox and the cubs these guys get all the publicity on how that they cultivate their talent now they obviously try and get stars and big name players and they trade a lot of their depth 
right? They trade a lot of their 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 prospects. Yeah. But but the A's, the Giants, um, the Giants have had big name contracts too. Like the Royals, definitely like they build up their farm system and they build and they homegrown these players and they really cultivate picks and kind of trying to evaluate talent through that bottom spot. And then once a player gets to that price point where they can't pay for them anymore or they don't want to they just philosophically they don't decide to pay for them because of the perception of of teams willing to pay or not willing to pay um or or having the ability to pay is i think a bit of a misnomer um and we'll kind of we can kind of dig into that a little bit about how clubs revenue share within the within major league baseball which is something i just really learned about here yeah yeah, hot revenue talk. So do you want I to talk? It. You want to talk about that? You want to talk about how they revenue share? <laughs> oh yeah, I'll do a little bit and I'll jump into this because okay. I'm just I'm going to do the macro and then I definitely want you to jump in on the micro uh-huh. um, as the talent. But it's like okay, so my thing is like they obviously they like cultivate it and it, it seems like the bigger name teams like you said the Yankees, the Red Sox or whatever are built to win now. Mm-hmm. While these like younger, it it is uh, a little bit more of like an anomaly for like a Royals to win a championship series. Cause they got those younger people just at the right time as they peak right before they lose them to the big contracts. Is, is mm-hmm. that, a, is that a fair assessment? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the, the, the Royals could make that investment into it, but it philosophically, the way that they're built, the way that they run their organization, they don't want to, they're risk averse in that. They don't want to spend the money. They potentially could spend the money, but they don't, they choose not to. Wait, it just, like just in case they don't win a championship, then it's like it's all for now. So th- there's more risk on these small market teams to like invest in a big name player because if it doesn't pan out, then they're fucked. That and that and they just don't want to. I mean, fiscally, they don't want to invest this type of money either, right? Yeah. Whereas, like, if you if you look at if you look at the Yankees, I mean, the Yankees are unique in the fact that they have the Yes Network, so they get they drive a ton of revenue from that. But every Major League Baseball club has a revenue of anywhere from two fifty to two hundred sixty million dollars, right? Yeah. So the the luxury tax, the luxury tax for this year, which is something I just learned about. So baseball does have a luxury tax. They don't have a franchise tag. They don't have any sort of contract structures or anything like that. You're kind of free to do with your money, whatever, whatever you want. But the luxury tax is at 206 million or uh, yeah, $206 million. So if your, if your contracts and your salaries for your roster exceed that, you have to pay additional tax on that, that then in turn goes and gets, um, split amongst the other teams. Uh, some of it, not all of it. Some goes back to the players fund and everything like that. But then there's some revenue sharing even within the top, uh, even within the 30 teams where they actually share their revenues with everyone else. So I want to look, I look at this luxury tax is just talking about like uh, the franchise tag is something I want to come back to is like the NFL mm-hmm. has it like are like who's more equipped as a player. Cause I look at, so I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about the franchise tag in the NFL and how the you know the players' association like can't combat that. Like it seems like mm-hmm. all the player like no player likes like the fact that a franchise tag exists. And I also want to talk about like if I look at that Bryce Harper contract and I'm not the Phillies, like I don't know if I I want that contract. Isn't it like how powerful the players are in these big market teams? I'd almost felt. Like, if I was the Royals, I was off the hook because it's just like, you know, coming into year, like, 
seven, eight, nine of Bryce Harper. You're just like, you're not paying that money. So that frees up the money for you that, that the Phillies now have locked up. They can't like right. make a move for a player that we don't know about that's going to be around in like 2026. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a good point. I mean, but it, this is a, this is one of those things where, okay, so twofold major league baseball is the player association ha- is, is probably one of the strongest unions of all professional sports. And the NFL is probably the weakest of all professional sports. Yeah. Um, and the and, reason and why, why yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, 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 okay. No. Can, I, let, let me make a guess. And you tell me yes, why. Yes. It's because I, I would say the, the average life of a NFL player employed is the shortest out of all the major league sports. Yes. And they, they collectively, they have not um, done as good of a job. The agents have not done as good of a job and they have not fought and banded when they strike or when they've struck, I should say baseball has had a couple of strikes and they really bent the owner's will. Whereas in the NFL, the NFL owners really leaned against because the players were were cash poor. They were living check to check and they didn't have they didn't prepare for the negotiation the way that they should have. And so then what you had is you had internal pressure within the Players Association to sign a bad deal because I've got mortgages that I've got to pay and I've got funds that I've got to fulfill and commitments that I've got to fulfill. And they 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 basically bankrupt themselves and and guys are and guys were not as concerned because of your short-term life expectancy in the nfl yeah they were not as concerned about the future right when they're making these negotiations so give it to me now yeah. and then basically the future players pay for the sins of the past whereas like you said the major league baseball players they have a longer term commitment so if i'm like if i can play for for you know 25 years or 20 years or you know i'm rafael palmero or i'm uh oh, julio franco and i can play till i'm like 50 you know what i mean like these guys are looking at it and be like shit like let's not take this bad deal today because I need to get paid in the next three years and be done with it. Yeah, we're talking you about eight, yeah, eighty percent of the NFL players or whatever. These are all stats out of my ass, but they're pretty close. Like eighty percent of the NFL players, like whatever, like have like two and a half to three years right. like in the league. So it's you know like why it's it's an impossible question to ask somebody. I think it came up. I don't remember what athlete was sitting out or whatever, but it was just like it's an impossible thing because you're asking all these players to think long term, and it's just like these players are going to you know, make a move to benefit like players in the future by sitting out and not get paid for a year. That's crazy. Right. Exactly. And that's, and they've got all these commitments to pay for. And like I said, if they didn't, if they, if, you know, Steve Smith, when they were talking, has been talking about it before. And I'm, and I'm hoping that the players are talking about it now in the NFL, that it's like, Hey man, like batten down the hatches, like get your shit in order because when collective bargaining comes around again and i think it's what is it 2021 or 2022 or something like that yeah um we got to be prepared for a fight we got to be prepared to sit there and withstand this because the nfl owners i mean I, I get it it's billionaires versus millionaires yeah but we can sit there and if we take away a season that might that might shake them up a little bit but if we sit there and, and kowtow to it i don't know I don't know how it's going to be. It is, man. And it's like, and Steve Smith can say this as not in the league, but it's just like, if you're a player, it's just like you finally made your leap. You're in the NFL to like, I don't know, band together and be like, we're going to sit down and like, I'm going to miss out on, you know, league minimum $700,000 contract. It's just like, I can't afford that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys, and that's the thing, right? The the guys that are on the league minimum, or yeah, because we're, like we're not talking. Deals. Yeah, we're not talking about Le'Veon Bell. We're not talking about any of this shit. We're talking about like the actual like what makes up most of the league, most of the players we're talking about. Yeah, and that's the thing. And so you've got you know fifty, you know three players yeah. times. 30 some odd teams you're you're you have a lot of players well below that peak threshold they're like hey like this is it for me you know what i mean like, yeah exactly this yep. is my chance to yep. make two million bucks exactly and then by the time i'm 26 figure out what i'm going to do with my life exactly yeah. so it's it, you're 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 100 right it's 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 a it's a tough putt it's a tough hustle but there's got to be ways like the 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 nfl the nflpa has got to come up with creative ways to help like universally subsidize this because they're always just going to go through this and eventually there are other leagues the af the aaf is going to come up what up defleet 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 um <laughs> we gotta do a defleet watch defleet watch <laughs> i haven't i haven't been watching but, <laughs> what um, yeah. but you know they're gonna have to come up with a way to 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 make everybody you know, kind of ease the, the ease the burden monetarily, and if that means like some of the guys on the top end, ha, ha, you know, subsidizing a little bit, is it worth their is it worth their while? I mean, is it worth like a Matt Stafford or Matt Ryan to sit there and open up the checkbook and like, all right, like I'm going to break off and I'm going to put like a million bucks into this fund, and we're going to disperse it, we're going to put it into a like you know some um, um, like fuck, I mean even like a, a management account, a money market account. Let's yeah. get some money off of it for the next five years, and then hopefully we can grow this and then turn this into something where we disseminate the funds amongst the lower players. You know what I mean? Yeah, super hard. Like, is it the roster size is so hard? So like, basketball it seems different because it's just like you know we're we're getting players getting max contracts that are not max contract players, but there's just not enough players to go around, so we're just got to make a stab and throw a hail mary. Like it doesn't seem like the same in the NFL. Yeah, and and we talked about this when we talked about the Le'Veon Bell deal way back when. Is is I mean the NFLPA has got to fight to get rid of that uh, the the unfunded like liabilities rule where they can only carry exactly you know they have to carry as much cash as all the guaranteed deals that are out there. Fight for that. Fight for that because then that will open it up where you can have your agents then fight for more guaranteed money later on down the road. So you don't get, you know, I, I signed a seven-year deal for $100 million, but really it's a four-year, $48 million guaranteed contract. You know what I mean? Now, because they don't they, they don't have to sit there and, 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 and have all $100 million or all, you know, of that sitting in their bank account vested in order to make payroll – they can sit there and be a little bit more um, free with how they guarantee the money. And I think that's one small point where they fight for it in the NFLPA. But this is where Major League—I mean, Major League Baseball has never had to fight against that, right? Yeah, they've never had to do that for the longest period of time. They were the number one sport in the in our nation, and and it still boggles my mind that that these guys can get these big enough deals when we look at all these attendance ratings going down, but. They also have 81 games a year, so they have a lot of opportunity, and they have subsidized, you know, stadiums by the city, and they get parking and concessions, and then they split revenues with Major League Baseball or with ESPN. Um, and like I said, they they have revenue sharing. I know the NFL probably has a revenue share as well too, but I mean, they're just for as the attendance the way it is, it seems like. The Major League Baseball has their shit together a little bit tighter than the NFL because the NFL just really seems like it's all the interest is all vested in the owners, and they don't really care. Do you guys hear my boy M.A. talk about money market accounts and subsidies? 
and just like profit sharing. Did you hear this shit, guys? It's always the best. You know, I'm locking you down on a 10-year contract. Ooh. 520 episodes. You're locked. You're locked in. Get away from it. Pause off. Sign in blood. Where do I sign? Oh, I'm just trying, to get that, <laughs> just trying to get that deal. You guys heard that inbox, and now let's flip the script where, you know what? MA owes us a little bit of debt. That's right. We're doing Hour do. of Sour Grudge Match. Give us your breakdown. Two minutes, brother. Let's hear it. Uh, what a pile of shit this movie was, Brandana. <laughs> you almost thought I, – I feel like when I assigned it to you, you thought you got away with one, and I, I think you underestimated – what a dog turd movie this is. It, it, it totally was. And and I did watch it a while ago. And if you guys were paying attention to the at MAB underscore sports Insta page, um, I shared a story, an Insta story with it, where it's like, what the fuck is going on? So Grudge Match is the story about um, two boxers played by Sylvester Stallone and Robert De Niro, who had a rivalry when they were in the 70s or 80s. I don't fucking know. Um, they were <laughs> they were fighting it out, and then Sylvester Stallone decides to quit and not you know not have their third match where they go at it for the the you know the ultimate deciding factor of who's the better boxer, and then it's just this grudge that they've held for however many years. Mm-hmm. Then they're old and old as fuck and decide to get back into it for some money. Um, it's just terrible. You got John uh, Barenthal, Kim Basinger. Uh, Basinger or Basinger? How do you Ooh, say I don't that? know. You said it really weird, though. Both times. Both times, exactly. <laughs> so I still don't know so she's in it. She's in it. And <laughs> she's, she's, she plays this w- weird, like, love triangle thing where she was in love with Sylvester Stallone, mm. but then she, like, you know, smashed Robert De Niro way back when. And the love child from that <laughs> is this kid, John Barathol. <laughs> Here's the deal. Here's the thing. Here's it was, the thing what's that got the deal, me. brother? Hit me with the deal. What's the this deal? This is where this? I got the most upset with this movie, aside sure. from the poor comedy and, right. and Kevin Hart is just doing his Kevin Hart thing. and. Yeah. De Niro's doing his De Niro thing and everything like that. Here's the thing that bothered me the most. This movie is assessed with beaters in terms of, like, cars, right? So Kevin Hart drives, like, a shitty-ass car, and he's the son of their boxing promoter that stole all the money from De Niro and Stallone. But somehow he's got this, like, piece of shit, like, $800 car. Yeah. And then and then, then he signs them to do this grudge match fight and immediately gets, gets like, a Porsche. But then the the fight's like a joke and everyone doesn't, you know, it's like, is he just sure. living on credit? Like, what's the story? Yeah. But then here's the deal that really, like, bothered me what's is, like, yeah. John Barenthal, who plays the love child of Kim Bassinger <laughs> and uh, and Robert De Niro. Do you remember? Do you watch this, right? Oh, no. I have not seen this movie. You know? Oh, not. you've never seen no, this. Okay. Not. So yeah, he yeah. plays he plays uh, the strength and conditioning coach. Um, the, he, he coaches at uh, Pitt University, the Pitt football team. And... But then he also used to be like a boxer when he was in his 20s and then decides to help out his biological father, Robert De Niro, even though he's never known him. So he comes rolling up to the gym where he's at, and it's like he's rolling around in like a legit beater car. Like it's probably 600 bucks. But he's a. He's on with the Pitt Panthers. He's a strength and conditioning coach. So like this is one of those things where the money's not making sense. Money is not making sense. So. Because I, I was like, there's no way, like, this dude can't afford it. And, by the way, when they show all the football scenes where he's, like, on the field, like, yeah. none of it has anything to do with, like, lifting weights or whatever. Like, he's at the jugs, jugs machine sure. and, like, blowing whistles and, like, running drills. Like, that's not what a strength and conditioning <laughs> coach does. Like, come on, Hollywood. So here's the deal. How much do you think a strength and conditioning coach makes in a year in a Power 5 conference? Power 5? Oh, God. I, like, uh, uh 90K? 90k i wish it was that low even still if it was 90k it wouldn't make sense to be rolling around in a sure, fucking 750 sure. <laughs> car yeah, yeah 
I looked this up because Pitt, so the, the actual Pitt Panther strength and conditioning coach David is David Andrews. What up, David? <laughs> so they didn't disclose, even though it's a state school. I couldn't find out what his salary is. But I looked at two comparable universities because um, Pat Narduzzi is the head coach. And I looked at Larry Fedora of UNC, who makes about the same money as him. Yeah. And then Larry Doran uh, for NC State, who makes about the same as him. The UNC strength and conditioning coach makes $208,000 a year. The NC State coach makes $260,000 a year. So John Barenthal, why the fuck are you driving around <laughs> in a to- Toyota Celica? Grudge match, you have met your match. Uh, the good news about this is anything else? All right, so give me one quick thing, most awesome. Uh, how do you, the simplest way to make this movie better, what do you got? Um, Besides better cars. Yeah, just like just let's not have just a terrible humor. Like un, like 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 let's not pull like the, the Adam Sandler level comedy and like like make farts and shit. Like the scene that I yes I presented on Insta was like they're getting ready to fight and he's like, oh, I left something for you in your porch. I took a shit on it. And it's like right. Well, I, was this a running theme? I don't really understand the joke. Yeah, conceptually, I kind of like the idea. It's all the writing. It feels like they came up with the idea. Let's get these two stars, and we'll fill in everything after the fact. Yeah, it, it seems really bizarre. It's like they came up with the idea, and they're like, oh, we have to shoot. Like uh, They came up with the idea on Friday. It's like, oh, we're going to production on Monday, so let's write this this weekend. And it's just like yeah. shit jokes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, shit joke. I'll, I'll call it like grudge. It's the only thing, and I haven't seen it, but I remember like it was kind of the first movie I remember where it was like all these flash of just like all these tweets of just like it looked like oh it was like oh it was a bunch of this screen filled with all these positive comments and then i paused it and it looked in and it was just all these like twitter accounts you've never heard of and it's just like good movie great movie it's just like oh these they're trying to act like his actual reviews and it's just like pulling random twitter accounts that they created themselves and just be like oh this is like a great movie it's like oh that's that reminds me what was the was it movie pass that it was invested in the Gotti movie that was like oh, yeah. faking a whole bunch of reviews on oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yes. It feels like it feels like the the uh, the grandfather of this, right? Or the grandfather of that, <laughs> exactly, right? It's like yeah. let's let's make up all these dumber Twitter bots and say how great it is, and and we'll all just go to the mass. You know, the masses will just all go there because we're starved for fucking movies. Like it's. Uh, it's a good concept. It was not a bad concept. I'll give you that. And even how they got him in there was not that bad. The execution, shit. All right. Well, uh, you lost. And that's mad degrees of separation. But I've you've paid your penance, sir. And uh, <laughs> we'll pull it back next week. We, we go ahead and again. A, hour and a half of sour oh, is what that was. Shit. Uh, all right, buddy. Um, oh, yeah, because I, I doubled up. All right. Let's, uh, you know what? Fuck it. It's high new motherfucker. Let's show down. Bring us mm. to the jam. So let's leave it alone. Cause we can't see eye to eye There ain't no good guy There ain't no bad guy There's only you and me And we just disagree A Neapolitan showdown What started out as ranking some fucking ice cream flavors Now has a sponsor We'll go to him now Are you like millions of Americans trying to create the perfect fantasy football franchise? But you don't have a lot of time on your hands, the energy to pour over hundreds of magazines, or a brain that isn't contaminated with a zombie virus? Well, do we have a tool for you? Zombie Dads Fantasy Football Tips. No more drafting white running backs in the first round. No more drafting white athletes. Period. 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 
Zombie Dad's Fantasy Football Tips gets you what you need. Have your fantasy football competition looking like the Day of the Dead. You spend how long on what? Reading? That's hilarious. But it just doesn't stop with draft tips. Having trouble deciding on who to start and who to sit? Fuck off, you fullbacks getting four touches for four yards. Don't be caught in that embarrassing start again. Is he a wide running back? Well, clearly you didn't use our draft feature. Sit him! With Zombie Dad's auto-draft option, you'll auto-draft. Boom, you're dead. With the Zombie Dad's lineup starter, you'll auto-lineup. Boom, you're dead. With Zombie Dad's trade calculator, you'll veto that offer. Boom, Boom, you're dead. dead. Hey, you remember that chicken guy who said set it and forget it? While your competition is out there trying to figure out that pick, that trade, or that start, you're Ron Papil and Chicken over here. But wait, there's more. The gravy comes in when you upgrade to the Zombie Dad Lead Ghoul Package. This premium package includes league fees that show up on your credit card statement as books for my kids, the premium auto draft that will be set to ignore all Caucasians, and an unlimited message board algorithm that's filled with smug one-liners. And, as a lead ghoul, we'll ship a cold case of Boulevard Weeds to your door on draft day. So by the time you skipped all the Alstots and Hillises, drafted back-to-back receivers in at least four rounds, you'll be finishing that chicken carcass and blowing a 1.2 BAC, just in time to put the kids to bed. Some play to live, but it's better to play when you're dead. Buy Zombie Dad's Fantasy Football Tips today. Zombie Dad's Fantasy Football Tips is a trademark of Zombie Dad's LLC at KP Joint. All rights reserved. Participation does not guarantee a championship. In fact, it'll get you second place at best. Payments are made in three installments of $99.99. Shipping and handling not included. Any championship won from our tips? Wow, I'm shocked. But Zombie Dad's LLC retains the rights of 80% of the winnings. Not available in California, Indiana, Oregon, and New York. Boom. You're dead. And- Ooh, I love it. I love it. I'm going to get it for me. I'm going to get it for me for I, that I'm, season. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to check it out. I'm gonna, but I do. I it's do. a pass, even though they're a sponsor of the pod. I pass. appreciate the sponsorship. Uh, yeah. So we're talking top three movies under fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. uh, our last Neapolitan showdown, we had. Uh, you, you're the victor, right? You're walking yeah. the ball out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you might be like I don't know, like five and one, or I don't know how many we've had. You I'm, might be like six I'm, and one. I'm cooking with gas this year. I'm cooking with gas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I'm I'm one to know with celebrity judges, so just let just serve that as a reminder. <laughs> all right, all right, Everybody all right, all right. Yeah. So, to, Rotten Tomatoes, the uh, aggregator of uh, reviews. Um, so we're looking at movies that have under 50% positive reviews. I do. I don't, I don't want to put you on the spot, but it's like, how does Rotten Tomatoes even work? I meant to look it up and then I didn't. Yeah. So how they the way that I understand that they work, and I'm no expert in this, but I basically they they look at if say if there's ten reviews on a movie and sure. six are positive and four are negative, then it has a sixty percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, got it. So okay. when they're certi- and then, then they have like certified fresh, um, which I think is anything over seventy percent. Is that right? I'm not sure on that. Uh, no, no, I think it's certified fresh. I think it's over like 60%. I don't know. I'm checking. Well, right, oh, now, okay. right now I'm looking right. at grudge match rotten tomatoes. Ooh, what's that score at? Oh, oh it's coming up. It's coming. 31% brother. 30. 31%. <laughs> and that's with the, and that's with the top <laughs> critics, right? What does the audience have it at? Cause usually they'll have an audience score as well. Too. Yeah. The audience has it at 46%. That number seems Ooh. more insane. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> well, there's a lot of stupid people out here. So that's why. All right, let's jump into it, brother. What do you got coming out of the gate at your number three as we move up? And I hope you have percentages because I do too, my friend. 
I do. I do. I, I, knew you I will did. not leave you hanging on this one because it it's, it's, will be part of my defense. I'm going to go with my number three. Yeah. An underrated movie early on in his career. I'm going with Leonardo DiCaprio and The Basketball Diaries, Ooh. the autobiographical movie of Jim Carroll, a guy who is a top prep basketball player um, in New York who then struggles with his – uh, you know, kind of success, and then um, ultimately becomes a heroin addict. I think he even turns a trick, if I remember in this movie. <laughs> yeah. um, a, re- a real, a real feel-good piece. A real feel-good <laughs> piece. Um, it also obviously, obviously has basketball in it, but it came in at forty-six percent Rotten Tomatoes. But our uh, with the top critics, audience had it at seventy-six percent. It's a good movie. It's underrated too. Of all the like the early Leo DiCaprio, I know like eat, what what's eating Gilbert Grape always gets the oh that's his best role. But this Jim Carroll, like it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I like uh, I like how you bring it back on the sports tip. Also, like it is. Uh... It's good to cap your movie. Why? Okay, this is a good thing. Let's dive in. Why do you think it got a shitty rating? I, this I don't know. I, I I remember watching this movie. I'm not a big like rewatcher of a movie, so usually when I see it once, um, that's about as much as I'll see it. But <laughs> I, I do remember yeah. seeing this a couple times. I think it had. Uh, I don't know. I think I think some of the scenes like I, I don't know. I think some of the things were a little too fantastical, but these were were pulled out of the book and maybe the, the book was pretty highly acclaimed as well too maybe people were measuring it against the book and kind of you know poo-pooed it a little bit like and sit down okay so i'm coming out of the gate i'm gonna do a little air horn from a boy bradley cooper film uh we're doing he's just not that into you guys you know if you're if you've been listening to 54 podcasts you know your boy brandana loves some rom-coms Love yes. a rom com, and <laughs> yes. this was this was right on point. It had like an eclectic, eclectic group of like great actors kind of doing their things. Like it almost seemed like nobody really wanted to show up for the movie, and everyone just hit a home run. Like we got Scarlett Johansson, we got Bradley Cooper, we have uh, a boy from Entourage, we have Drew Barrymore. It's just filled with acting actress, and it's just like it's a really good time. Is this the one where Julie Roberts is in Co- it, right? Yeah, I, I don't so. remember. Is this the one where he, where Cooper cheats on with Scarlett Johansson? Is this right? Is that the movie? No, uh, Bradley Cooper in this movie is gay, but you don't find out he's gay till the end. So oh. he did like he's next to Julie Roberts, and it looks like he's like trying to spark up a romance and cheat, but he's actually talking about his like uh, like the quarterback that like is about to retire or is not going to retire, and like he kind of you remember that the sports athlete? Yes, I do remember this now. And like yeah. yes, 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 yes. This is a good movie. Great movie. Not not Great not, movie. not as good as not as good as the basketball diaries. I'll tell you this. All right, so uh, I'm gonna do basketball diaries. The book had I think probably around like 95 pages. Uh, we're gonna do <laughs> <laughs> Bradley Cooper is uh I mean scorching earth right now. He's a 99, so we're gonna do 99 and 95 coming ooh, out of the first ooh. round. Did you give Did you give the score for the for the Rotten Tomatoes one? I don't remember. What was their score oh, for? Yeah. He's just not that into you. Uh, he's just not that into you is a forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh, little Do you low. Have the audience or no? Did you get the audience or no? Really low. Uh, I didn't get the audience. No. Oh, uh, okay. That's right. Yeah, that's that's pretty low. All okay, right. I'll fire it up. What do you got? Uh, here's what I got. Okay, I'm gonna go with my number two. This is a good mi- movie. It's an action movie. It's got all the things. It's got comedy. It's got drama. It's got a little sex appeal. Ooh. I'm going with I'm going with Bad Boys. 
Bad oh. Boys is at 42%. <laughs> oh, really? Talking about Mike Lowry. And I'm talking about Will <laughs> Mike Smith. Mike Lowry, yeah. Mike, Mike, uh, uh, Martin Lawrence and a, and a piping hot Taylioni, who yeah. – uh, Super underrated. Um, but yes, Bad Boys, 42%. How is this a 42% movie? Actually, that seems that seems a little crazy. That seems a little wild. Yeah. And also it like, seems like they're attacking the genre a little bit. Like, uh, you know, but it's fun. It's an enjoyable movie. Yeah, you mean Will Smith, like uh the genie from Aladdin coming up, Will Smith? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Except except he he didn't paint himself any colors in this movie. He was just super cool. Like this that's the thing. Like this is Will Smith at like the height yes. of like fuck like Hitch and I don't know why I brought up Hitch. Like that's a terrible movie to, to bring up. But like this is the peak cool Will Smith. Will Smith is about as cool as they come. Yes. Yeah. In yeah. this movie. Yeah, Martin Martin Lawrence was just like somehow bounced back from Martin a little bit because that shtick yeah. got a little old, but it was like yeah, that's weird. That seems that seems really low. Cause I remember, like, uh, I mean, we were on the same age, but that is like the I don't want to give away my number one, but is I'm gonna bring up buddy cop movies and I'm gonna bring up the ultimate buddy cop movie, my number one. But it was like yeah. that was like buddy cop movie like on the map. It's just like this movie's a lot of fun. Like you have ridiculous like street chases. You have like them rolling over in the middle of the street. Right? They did kind of the like the yeah, barrel yeah. <laughs> barrel with the guns and like shooting it off. Yeah, it's a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, and they even they even kind of took. The, I mean, that's Martin Lawrence was great in that. He kind of took the piss out of some of those like old like buddy cop like action movie yeah. tropes like it was it's a really good movie it, it way more fun than uh any of the best pictures that we saw for the oscars this year i'm gonna put that right now <laughs> Most definitely. yes i will i will put bad boys like against <laughs> roma any day of the fucking week <laughs> right all right uh i have my number two slot i have a goofy movie which i know i've brought up on the pod before it is just like you have a son now Recent, yes. recent, recent, bar, 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 like uh, bar, 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 breaking bar, bar, news. Bar, bar. Most awesome has a son. We all kind of got knew three that. kids, yo. But it's just like you're going to watch a goofy movie with your son, and it's just like it's very much a coming age. It's one of those movies, and I've talked about it before, where you see it through two different lenses. I see you like you see it as a kid. You're just like, oh, mm. I get it. Like Max just kind of wants his freedom, and then you watch it as a father, and it's just like, oh, the father's just trying to bond with his boy. Like it's, it's fucking off the charts, and. The fact is, forty-four percent on Rotten Tomatoes makes me want to throw something. That is insane. Like, are people like who watched this movie and was just like, I don't feel better as a person after watching it. And like, how do you not just give it like uh, the Disney like, tip? Yeah. <laughs> the Disney yeah. tip. It's just like that's yeah. Yeah, like, automatically gonna be six percent. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, you know, like how, who's shitting on it and be like, oh, I wasn't the third act really like lagged on me. No, it's a fucking cartoon, <laughs> man. Like, yeah. Come on, yes, that that seems ridiculous. How you score it, B? Uh, I'm gonna do. You're gonna watch this with your son when it really matters when he's 17, <laughs> and then you did Bad Boys. I'm gonna get. It took about 12 years for us to all get over Martin Lawrence. That was in Martin. He's an actual actor. So we are close. We are in a dead heat going around three, my friend. Ooh. It is 10 whatever to 10. I'm slightly up. Mm. I'm looking at you, B. I'm sizing you up. I know, I know, man. I know you're probably sizing me up. Do you want to make a 50-point venture and really kind of knock this out? Well, I already gave you a hint. Like, I want to take a – I'm not going to take a stab. It's too – there's too many things to play. There are a lot. I started writing a list just – I was like, ooh, shit. Um, Oh, hit me me with your constellation real fast. Let's do this before we unveil the number one. What was um, was in the orbit that didn't quite land on the list? 
So, okay, let's see here. Yeah, I'm just trying to. Uh, I had so uh, Rocky, Rocky four, Rocky four. Yeah, what's forty percent? Forty percent. Forty percent. Tommy Boy, forty two percent. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, that's my number one, Tommy Boy. <laughs> awesome. That is my number one. I love when Fuck. this shakes out. That that I, is. I know. Ninety percent. Ninety percent with the audience. Ninety percent with the audience. That's why I didn't want to do it because I knew you were going to bring this up. Not, uh, please, please. Yeah. Yeah, Top yeah. critics, 42%. How do you not love fucking Tommy Boy? How do you not love it? It's a great movie. You it's, got everything. It's like legit. Like, I think the first movie, besides A Few Good Men, that I memorized, like, I watched it. Like, do you remember, like, kind of, you know, you're, you're in high school and then, like, you kind of memorize that movie and it's just like you can say everything verbatim? Like, that was Tommy right. Boy for me. Like, it yeah. was. I, so, how does Rotten Tomatoes work? I know I asked that, but it's like, can you change the rating? Because that seems criminal. That's forty two percent. Like that's, you, we've that's got. Be how do we how do we change it? We change it from the inside. B. We become <laughs> top critics, and we just review the fuck out of Tommy Boy until and we get and we get it. We start a movement. All right, change so, change it. All right, so I'm gonna real fast. I'm gonna give you five bonus points. Give me your top five lines in any order right now. Start quoting me some Tommy Boy. Uh, is there a niner in there? What are you talking yep. on a walkie-talkie? Yep. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> uh, that's Herbie Hancock. <laughs> that's a great one. Yeah. Um, brothers don't shake hands. Brothers hug. Right. That's a good sure, one. Sure. Um, okay. Shit. Let me. Uh, oh, can uh, I, I'll jump in here. Oh, prehistoric forest. It doesn't hurt here or here. <laughs> But right about here, sure there's a mark. And just like when they back that, when he backs the car, I mean, just everything with the car and like singing the song. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, just like the, the even the waitress, like everyone has a quote. Like Dan Aykroyd is just like you identify the problem now. Like it's just like it smells like pine cone. Like it's just like oh, I rubbed a bunch of like pine cone things on myself. It's like identify right, the problem. Right. I remove that. And then like right, even, right, right. even waitress was just like, uh, God, you're sick. <laughs> like yeah, I'll, exactly. I'll go, yeah, right. Did you eat lead? paint as a kid like no, no, yeah, Tommy want wingy you know what I mean yeah housekeeping how many times how yeah. many times do people do the housekeeping gag yeah right I mean that's that's straight up in our alley it's probably in our demo but every like 30 to 40 year old has been like knocked on the door at a hotel room and's like housekeeping oh, want me want me fluff pillow want me jerk you off oh my god yeah uh so I'm gonna give you the W out of I think the Ooh. first time you ever get a W before I even announce my Three. Like, I should have went with Tommy Boy. I didn't. It would have been a dead heat and locked up for a tie, which would have been nice. Yeah. I, I did do Tango and Cash. Tango and Cash, 33%. Like, what I talked I about. I had it on the console. Did I was you? almost going to bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Bad Boys is like, to me, Tango and Cash is the original buddy cop movie. Like, for me, it like put it on the map. And it's like, yeah. it's a fantastic, ridiculous watch from beginning to end like it's like someone brought up it's just like when he shoots the oil tanker just in case there's cocaine you can just go see if there's cocaine in there <laughs> like but he's yeah, like yeah, right. he decides to roll down the middle of the street and then like shoot the God, we should do like a top three rolling in the middle of a highway shooting the gun movies it's like right, right, right. i don't think an effective way to shoot a gun not a big gun shooter i don't think doing a barrel roll and shooting at something is the most no. effective way to do it. 
But no, you don't want to add, add cartwheels to your to your accuracy. No, absolutely. Do you, do you not. imagine like they, they go to prison together? Like they have to like fight their way out there. Oh, you remember like he's getting lowered and the electricity and he's like shaking and it's just like oh yeah. They had that bonding moment. It's just like oh, you're a good cop. You're a good cop. That's not actually what they say. It's good. <laughs> right, it's good though. It's good. Oh, that is a good one. Yeah, with that that's gonna have to hit up the old rewatch. Um, I also had Kingpin. Remember Kingpin? Oh yeah, I, I wasn't a fan. You weren't a fan of that? It, uh, was, I think I think Bill Murray definitely like stole that movie from me. It's a little too blue for my taste, and I'm not trying Ooh. to be like. Yeah, it's just like there's a little too many like uh, like that uh, thing like the landlord does. Like it's it's just gross. It's, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. You, I, I almost I almost was gonna guess. To, I had Tango and Cash, but I was almost gonna go Super Troopers. Super Troopers sitting at thirty five percent. Yeah. Still overrated. That, I, I, I agree. I agree. It's, I think it's there's little, funny moments to it. it. It is. It's a little bit of a, I don't know. I always got turned off by like the, the pop movies. I don't know. To me, that just seems like a, like we get stoned and we watch Super Troopers. We get stoned and we watch like Kingpin. I just like, I don't. Yeah. Oh, you know what's a good one? And I wonder where, I bet you it's under 50% is Half-Baked. Half-Baked, oh, I would half watch. Baked, Half-Baked yeah. way, way more than, than Super Troopers in that stoner movie genre. All right, you got the win. Quit throwing it in my face. All right, guys, Ooh. he finally has the ball. That's two in a row. Jay Moore said two he peat. won last week, and he has the two-peat back-to-back. Uh, he said I curb-stomped you. All right, relax. We don't need a direct know, quote. You got, you, right, got right, the, right. you got the victory. No one you asked me for quotes. I started giving it to off. you. I don't think I did. Uh, all right, we're doing the – I guess, ladies and gentlemen – MVP of the week. This week I have, brother, I have uh, Alex Haynes. I got to catch a coffee with him. KU grad, and he has sure. uh, uh, his first kid in four weeks. Got to meet up with him, talk, but he's he's shooting a little digital series that's called Alex is Black. It's hilarious. Guys, you got to check it out. Absolutely. Great. Um, my MVP is, um, well, I'm going to go with uh, Bend, Oregon, more specifically, the blockbuster in Bend, Oregon. It's the last blockbuster on the planet, ladies and gentlemen. Nice. And uh, it's right on 211 North Revere Avenue. The phone number is 541-385-9111. Go check it out. Right on, uh, There's a Substance Cannabis and a Carl's Jr. right across the way from it. So <laughs> you can get all your movie-watching needs <laughs> within set. a three-minute venture. You're set. What was your, uh, what was your old school? Like, how did you choose a movie at blockbuster do you go to new releases first see what was available or do you just kind of like walk the hours for a little bit and then choose your movie yeah, yeah. oh yes i definitely started like on the walk i just walked that new release that out, al- like, alphabetical order like yep, a's, yep, yeah, yeah, going yeah, a's yeah. and just scanning just top to bottom just kind of up and down and just moving through and then i would collect like with my parents i would collect them we'd collect them and then there'd be the weaning process like oh all right, yeah there's five videos we got two we're cutting it down to two yeah like i'm not made of money you know what i mean like <laughs> mr four stars like i'm not spending you know nine dollars on all these movies i had do, do you remember like do you remember late fees that was cr- like that used to be like you paid late fees that's crazy yes not only did you have late fees like there used to be um rewind. high speed rewind, rewind machines yeah 
to rewind them. Yep. So you didn't put the wear on your actual VCR. Yeah. You put that tape in there, and it would zzz, and then get it in. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. Everybody, it's amazing that that model didn't work. This is the most awesome Brandana Sports Podcast dropping you hot pod like you request. Shoot us an email at mbsportspodcast at gmail.com. We are going to jump into the mad degrees of separation next week now that most awesome has paid off his debt. Let us know <laughs> what we need to connect. I am Brandana. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. You can call me Mabron because I've just podcast activated. Runway. Style. Fame. She likes fashion.